This is 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, it's time to go back to the wizarding world of J.K. Rowling with a review of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm Jeff Braun. We'll also talk some TV as a few of our favorite shows come and go. There's also a great movie coming home this week. We'll tell you which one. First, it's the news. From the couch. Papa? Now you must leave here. This castle is alive. Who's there? Do you wish to take your father's place? Come into the light. A number of big movie trailers arrived this week, and we'll start with the biggest, although maybe big isn't the word. How about beastly, as in beauty and the beast? Look at her. What if she is the one? The one who'll break the spell. Hello. You can talk. Well, of course he can talk. Hello. Pleased to meet you. The master's not as terrible as he appears. Are you sure about that? He sounds pretty grumpy to me. It's the latest live-action adaptation from Disney, retooling their old animated classics like The Jungle Book, Cinderella, and Maleficent. Can you believe it's been 25 years already since the animated Beauty and the Beast? Emma Watson, or Hermione from Harry Potter, plays Belle, and Luke Evans is Gaston. I say we kill the beast! Oh, that... Gaston, he's so smug. The supporting cast includes Ewan McGregor as Lumiere, Stanley Tucci as Cadenza, Emma Thompson as Mrs. Potts, Ian McKellen as Cogsworth, and Josh Gad as Le Fou. Kevin Klein plays Belle's dad, Maurice, and Dan Stevens plays The Beast. Think of the one thing you've always wanted. Find it in your mind's eye and feel it in your heart. Looks pretty cool, and it opens March 17th, 2017. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. Good news this week for Westworld fans. Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. That's right, Dolores. You want to wake up from this dream? Yes, I'm terrified. Then answer my question correctly. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? The sci-fi Western HBO series produced by J.J. Abrams and based on the novel by Michael Crichton has been renewed for a second season. If you've not heard of it, Westworld is a show about an Old West-style theme park where all the cowboys are actually robots. You pay 40 grand a day, you get to live like a cowboy, and you can even get in gunfights because the robots are shooting blanks, at least for now. Welcome to Westworld. No orientation, no guidebook. All our hosts are here for you. In this world, you can be whoever you want. Are you real? Well, if you can't tell, does it matter? 
Yep, it matters. Some of the fun of the show has been guessing whether or not someone is a robot or a human. There are a lot of other little mysteries and a couple of big ones, too. About 12 million people have been watching Westworld every week, so HBO has re-upped for a second season. But it won't happen anytime soon. Season 2 not expected until sometime in 2018. I think there may be something wrong with this world. Something hiding underneath. photos of an island in the South Pacific. The place where myth and science meet. We use explosives to shake the earth, helping us to map the surface of the island. You're dropping bombs. Mm. Scientific instruments. Is that a monkey? Yeah, a really big one. A new trailer has arrived this week for Kong! Skull Island. Magnificent. You knew that thing was out here? I'm sorry for your man, Colonel. But if you want to make their sacrifice worthwhile, get us home. With proof. Monsters exist. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your friend there can put that down. Kong Skull Island is a reboot of the King Kong franchise and joins the legendary pictures MCU. That would be the monster cinematic universe right alongside Godzilla. Set in the 1970s, a team of explorers heads to an uncharted island in the Pacific. What the hell is this place? That's Kong. He's king around here. Kong's pretty good king. Keeps to himself mostly. Well, you don't go into someone's house and start dropping bombs unless you're picking a fight. This has a stellar cast. Brie Larson, who recently won an Oscar for Room. Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. Loki from the other MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, Corey Hawkins, who is starring in the upcoming Fox series 24 Legacy. He was also in Straight Outta Compton and The Walking Dead. And John C. Riley's in it, too. And, of course, there's King Kong. Kong's god on the island, but the devils live below us. And what are they called? I call them skull crawlers. Why? I never said that name out loud before. It sounds stupid now that I say Just you call them whatever you want. So these skull crawlers. Well, there are other monsters. Kong isn't the only monster on Skull Island. There are lots of them. Kong Skull Island opens March 10th, 2017. It's a good group of boys. We're all gonna die together out here. <laughs> you shouldn't have come here. More news from the couch up next. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Breck. Continuing now with our news from the couch. Hey. I haven't seen you in your uniform for a while. Yeah, that was uh, on purpose. Hmm. Kind of turns me on. 
The first full-length trailer for the upcoming Mark Wahlberg movie Patriot's Day was released this week. The movie follows Wahlberg as a cop who has signed up for a boring day of crowd control at the Boston Marathon in 2013. There he is, General Patton in a neon vest. Wow. <laughs> they say a half a million people watch the Boston Marathon here in New England. The terrorist bombing happens and Wahlberg springs into action, first on scene helping people, then helping the Kevin Bacon and the FBI track down the suspects. We've got to decide who's running this, and we have to decide quickly. It's terrorism. We'll take it. And let's get an evidence grid started right over there. Clock is ticking. The world is watching. The suspect seen on the surveillance cameras. Two bombers. we got to find these guys before they do this to someone else. Yes, you do. The bombings and subsequent manhunt are still pretty fresh in everyone's heads, and there are a lot of familiar beats in the trailer, including a very eerie shot of rifle barrels poking through a fence, probably when they caught that guy who hid in the boat. But a lot of it looks pretty boring, too. We can't have our citizens on the streets with all these threats. Every inch of this city is getting searched. We're shutting it down. A taxi picked up a guy matching White Hat's description could be he's on his way to New York. I don't know, it seems like every tragic or near tragic event comes with a movie and most of the time they're not very good. At best, they're maybe okay, like Sully was. Mark Wahlberg does a lot of things well, usually when it gets to be funny or a little crazy. No evidence of that in the trailer. The movie also stars John Goodman, J.K. Simmons, and Michelle Monaghan, who I believe is contractually obligated to show up in every single movie ever set in Boston. Patriots Day is set for a limited release next month and wide January 13th. What I saw today, good versus evil. Love versus hate. There's only one weapon you have to fight back with. It's love. We wrap our arms around each other. I don't think there's any way that they can ever win. You are the first of your kind, but you're not invulnerable. Maybe next time you can design me better. The first trailer arrived this week for the live-action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, which stars Scarlett Johansson. Ghost in the Shell is a famed Japanese manga series that dates back to 1989. Set in the future, Johansson plays the Major, described as a cyber policewoman tasked with fighting cyber criminals and hackers who attempt to bring down the Henka Robotics Corporation. Everyone around me, they feel connected to something. Connected to something I'm what are you? What is she? She's a full body prosthesis, a cyborg. You were dying. We saved you. And now you save others. Unfortunately for the major, things maybe aren't as they seem. I don't know who to trust. Trust me, right? I know I have a past. 
I'll find out who I was. I don't know anything about this series, but I do know that the major is Japanese in the source material, so casting Scarlett Johansson in the role was a controversial decision. But the original publisher, Kodansha, has given Johansson a stamp of approval. The movie looks wildly imaginative with incredible visual effects on display in a colorful and violent world. Ghost in the Shell debuts March 31st, 2017. Everything they told you was a lie. Who are you? They did not save your life. They stole it. And A&E's Duck Dynasty is almost done for good. I saw this movie about a teddy bear, and it was real bad. Did you just chalk it up to a lesson learned? Hey, what is this world coming to when we can't even count on teddy bears to give us wholesome entertainment? Hey, he was cussing and doing drugs and junk. Next thing you know, hey, the Care Bears gonna start gangs. You know how you got Teddy Ruffin doing drugs with Paddington? You didn't notice the rated R? No, I assumed it was rated PG. We got Winnie the Pooh sticking up, you know, stores, talking about, right, hey, hand over the honey, nice and slow, or the piglets get it. The Robertson family, a bearded clan of millionaires from Louisiana who get in hillbilly adventures, announced this week that after 11 seasons over five years, Duck season was coming to an end. The show began in spring 2012, quickly becoming a big hit for A&E and made the family even more money. They were already rich based on their line of hunting and outdoor gear, most notably a world-famous duck call. They all had a nutty side to them, but crazy old Uncle Silas took the cake. Oh, Silas. He is Mr. Distraction. Si, pay attention. The wedding is going to be at Phil and Kay's house. Si's the only one that can get Phil and Kay out of the house. You are the distraction. Si's pretty well been a distraction ever since he was born. What do you mean a distraction? I ain't no distraction. I am an attraction. The show was not without its controversy over the years. They stood their ground in a fight with A&E about showing the heavily Christian side to the family. That almost ended the show at one point until the network relented and let them say grace at the end of every episode before they had family dinner. Then the Robertson patriarch Phil came under heavy fire a couple of years back for some decidedly racist comments, but the show kept chugging along for 116 episodes. They still have most of the final 11th season to air. It just began this past week on A&E. What are you shooting at? Water snake. Hey, look, he's still hanging on. No head. They'll pop you upside your head without a head. He's gonna bite me without a face? You're ignorant. Yo, I've been snake bit 27 times to be exact. Hey, that's what they do. That is the news from the couch. Up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes, having a quick look at what is coming to home video this week. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You're damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun, too? We ain't steal from you, we steal from the bank. Woo! You hear about these bank robberies? You may get to have some fun before they send you off to the rocking chair yet. I may have one hunt left in me. What's that, Jeff? Hell or High Water, you liked that one a lot, didn't you? One of my favorite movies of the year, if not my favorite. Nice. Another good one that got a lot of great comments. Kubo and the Two Strings, an animated movie. And then a few that did not do so hot. Mechanic Resurrection with Jason Statham. War Dogs with Miles Teller and Jonah Hill and Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers, one of part of his Canadian trilogy, which apparently is almost unwatchably bad. (laughs) 
I don't know. One, I don't know what happened to Kevin Smith. He seems to have gone off the deep end. Yeah. Uh, no. Also coming to home video, digital HD, the Secret Life of Pets, an animated film from over the summer, which was a surprise smash hit. It yeah. just looked like it might be kind of a middling performer, but it was a huge hit. So that's coming to digital HD, Blu-ray, and DVD on December six. Up next, a review of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. You've known for 24 hours that an unregistered wizard set magical beasts loose in New York? Yes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes, new in theaters this weekend. A film based on the work of author J.K. Rowling, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And I have a review for you. The book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, is actually a reproduction of one of Harry Potter's textbooks, which was written by a character named Newt Scamander. So this film is inspired by that textbook and the story of Newt Scamander. It's set to 1926. Scamander is played by Eddie Redmayne. He is a magi-zoologist and has a briefcase that magically expands inside and it contains a number of magical creatures. Unfortunately, some of them escape. It was open? Just a smidge. Should point out this is set to New York. Scamander comes across the pond to visit New York and look for more magical creatures. Now, unfortunately, in his hunt to recapture these creatures who have escaped, he ends up exposing his wizarding abilities to, well, I'll just let them explain it. You wiped his memory, right? The no magic. The what? No magic. The non-wizard. Sorry, we call them muggles. Yeah, no magic is a stupid term, I think. Scamander also gets up ends up getting caught up with the Magical Congress of the United States, and there's also an extremist group of sorts that wants to see the extermination of wizards and witches. Colin Farrell plays an Auror, a wizard who specializes in defense against the dark arts, and he's had enough. We've lived in the shadows for too long. I ask all of you, who does this protect? Us or them? And they also have to worry about a dark wizard named Gilbert Grindelwald, and it's the first in what will be a five-film series. Time is running out, Mr. Scamander. Sorry, correction, Gellert Grindelwald, not Gilbert Grindelwald, pardon me. Uh, By the way, on that last note about it being the first of five, I think that ended up being a good thing for this film and a bad thing. The bad, in short, is that this movie very much felt like a building block to a larger story. The good is that it's a building block for a five-part series that brings us back to the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Overall... Fantastic Beasts is getting solid reviews. Last time I checked, it was hovering around 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I really like the wizarding world that J.K. Rowling has created. It's just so imaginative and coupled with the no limits visual effects that we have today. It's always fun to enter that world and see all the cool stuff that these wizards and witches can do. So seeing something new in this world was a real treat. It was neat 
to meet and hear about characters that were only referred to in the original series. It was also neat to see what magic is like in a different country because the Harry Potter world was set in England and this is set in the United States. So it's also kind of cool to see some of the cultural differences they have, which ends up being a bit of a shot across the bow, I think, into real life because Scamander in one point talks about how he doesn't understand some of the backwards views they have in America about cross-cultural relationships, i.e. if you're magical, you're not allowed to fraternize with nomadges, again, as they call them. So I think that was an interesting comment on real life, sort of. The Fantastic Beasts themselves are truly fantastic. What they've come up with, these creatures they've designed, just really cool. Inside Scamander's briefcase is a seemingly borderless universe containing all sorts of wonderful creatures, some of them cute, some of them amusing, some of them truly awe-inspiring, and all of them remarkable. It also has a solid cast, including Eddie Redmayne and Colin Farrell. Jeff, I know you don't really like Eddie Redmayne. Nope. Not at all. Why is that? I don't know. I just don't like his face. (laughs) It's the meanest thing I can think to say about Eddie Redmayne, huh? I feel horrible for saying that. No, it's not that specifically. You know how it is. There's just sometimes an actor or actress, you just can't. You just can't get past it. Just don't like him. You just don't like him. All right. You just don't like him. Maybe one day. Hey, I used to say that about uh, Vin and The Rock, and I came around on those guys eventually. <laughs> that's that's true. Took years. All you need is Eddie Redmayne to appear in one in the Fast and Furious 15. Yeah. He could be uh, Vin's little nephew or something like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't mind Eddie Redmayne. The problem with this, though, is I didn't find myself all that emotionally invested in the story. That could be... Because the theater I was at, they didn't have the volume turned up, loud, turned up loud enough. So rather than just sort of falling into the story, I found I really had to concentrate at times to hear what was being said. So that kind of took me out of it. But I don't think it was that. If you take that out of it, they just don't give us enough reason to really care about Scamander. He shows up in New York. Some of his creatures get out. He has to find them, and that's pretty much that. I mean, there's something much more sinister going on, but it's not directly related to Scamander. He just finds himself caught up in the middle of it. In Harry Potter, it was so clear who the hero was and who the villain was. That's not to say I found myself comparing the two, saying, oh, Harry Potter movies are better than Fantastic Beasts. That's not what happened. Because you can't, really. They're entirely different stories in entirely different settings with entirely different kinds of characters. So there's really no comparison. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed it. I mean, hey, I had fun. I enjoyed the characters. I just felt like it was missing something. And again, I think that's because it felt like it was building towards something bigger. So this is more of an introduction rather than a standalone film. Still fun to go back, though, to the Wizarding World. And judging by the crowd at the screening I was at, fans are pumped for this. My screening on Wednesday started at 7 p.m. I got there at 5 minutes to 6, and there were already like 400 people in line ahead of me. I have no idea what time they started to show up, but good for them. Anyway, it was good, I think, just not great. I liked it. I didn't love it. Still a good time at the movies, and I am looking forward to four more installments. So I'm going to give three and a half couch cushions out of five 
two fantastic beasts and where to find them. Up next on the Couch Potatoes, we're going to talk about some of our favorite shows that are going away and some of our favorite shows that are coming back. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Talking TV now. It has been tough the last couple of months trying to keep everything straight as television scheduling and viewing becomes ever more confusing. Some shows have actually already had their fall finales like The Good Place, the NBC comedy starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson about the afterlife and some mistaken identity. In the afterlife, there's a good place and there's a bad place. You're in the good place. I'm not supposed to be here. Somebody royally forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit. <laughs> We're condescending bench. Motherforker. You know I'm trying to say ashhole and not ashhole, right? I got that. Yes, the Good Place, Thursdays after Superstore, this fall on NBC. What the Fork? It's a brand new show and it's only aired, what, like nine episodes and now it's already done. It won't be back until January, which is too bad because we were both really digging that one, eh, Brett? Yeah, I really uh, like this show. Super creative. It's and, different. Yeah. Which and means it, it'll probably get canceled. And, and two <laughs> weeks ago was when that ninth episode aired, like more, like two months before Christmas. Yeah, November 3rd. Yeah. It's lazy. I mean, if you want to look at the silver lining, it's especially true of comedies that when creators get a little time to breathe, they can adjust things to improve the show. Both The Office and Parks and Recreation opened with six episode initial seasons. Both came back in season two, greatly, greatly improved. And the one person those shows have in common with in The Good Place is Mike Schur. He wrote on The Office, co-created both Parks and Rec and The Good Place. So he'll use the break to tweak and find things, find ways to wring more humor and emotion from everything and everyone. So in that way... It's good to have the break, but just when you're getting into a new show to have it in like that is irritating. Meantime, especially because like I, I don't I I I think their <laughs> the momentum is great. It's a really good show. Yeah. So I don't know what <laughs> would need to be fixed, but whatever. But but yeah. Well, I even said that about The Office after those first six episodes. Like, hey, this is great, and then season two came. Was like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, okay. Like that. Meantime, after a mid-fall hiatus, a couple of our other favorite shows came back this past week, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl. Both have been off for a solid month, four weeks each, because of things like presidential debates, then the World Series, and then the presidential election. But I'm glad they're back. We should get a few more weeks of new ones out of those guys before Christmas. And then uh, one of my favorite shows currently on air returns this Sunday. It's called the affair. I can't trust her. How do you have a relationship with someone you can't trust? Nothing is sacred to you. Nothing. I can't let him go to prison. I blew up my life for you, Allison. The Showtime drama stars Dominic West, Golden Globe winner Ruth Wilson, Maura Tierney, and Pacey from Dawson's Creek as two couples and one affair that could destroy them all. The twist is that many episodes show the same events from different characters' perspectives, and they're not always the same, so you have to try to figure it out. There are also jumps in time, a murder mystery, all sorts of little brain twisters to keep you on your toes. Some of it lands, some of it doesn't, but the performances are always terrific, so I recommend it. The Affair premieres this Sunday, November 20th, on the Movie Network here in Canada. What is that, season three now? Season three, yeah. And it was it won the Golden Globe for Best Drama this, after its first season, did it uh, It not? did. Golden Globes do weird things like that. And then Ruth Wilson won, and I have no problem with her winning one, but 
The Affair is never the best show on TV, but it's a good show. All right. Up next, I want to tell you about American Horror Story Season 6, which just wrapped up this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Brown, we are The Couch Potatoes, talking about television now. And Season 6 of one of TV's love-it-or-hate-it shows came to an end this week. I personally have often loved it over the last few years, and I have often hated it. This year, I loved it all the way through, talking about American Horror Story. American Horror Story is probably the main show responsible for the recent trend of anthology series, where each season is a new story, whether it's Fargo, True Detective, American Crime, or American Crime Story, that's the People vs. O.J. Simpson one, American Horror Story kicked it off six seasons ago, each season telling a different story with largely the same cast every year, which has been quite impressive to keep the bulk of the cast intact. Season one has come to be known as Murder House, about a family that moves into a haunted house. Season two was Asylum and had a little bit of everything. Serial killers, monsters, ghosts, aliens. I sort of felt like that it had an everything but the kitchen sink approach to it. And I didn't really like it, but as far as I understand, it's quite well regarded. Many view it as the best season. I disagree with that. Season three was Coven, about a coven of witches. It was maybe my favorite season until now. Season four was Freak Show, following a traveling freak show circus set uh, several decades ago. It had great characters, great performances, but it was a mess. And in the end, I was just glad to get it over with. Season five got back on track for me with Hotel, about a haunted hotel whose chief occupant was a vampire. It was twisted and fun. And season six has been rather unique. It started off as something called My Roanoke Nightmare, presented as this sort of true crime, true nightmare documentary with some of the characters telling the story of how they bought a house in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. And guess what? The house and the surrounding woods are all haunted. And their story is told through a mixture of interviews and dramatic reenactments. Human sacrifice. They were practicing devil worship. I knew then we had to leave. When I saw my sister with Flora, I realized we had much bigger problems on our hands. Technically, this is kidnapping. I have a right to see you. I have a custody agreement. Matt! Do you see her? I didn't think it could get any worse than it did. Something here in the woods, in that house, intends to kill me. One of my big complaints about American Horror Story over the years is that there often isn't all that much horror. But this season was genuinely scary. Jeff, you... Had you watched this, no, I, don't think, I don't think you'd ever come back to work. You'd probably be <laughs> in a padded room somewhere. It was legit scary at times. It was unexpectedly scary. I remember even the first episode. Um, there were times where I wanted to get up and turn the lights on because yeah. <laughs> I was creeped out by it. So kudos. You should be watching it on a Sunday morning when you wake up. Ah, that's no fun. You gotta watch a horror story in the dark. And it had a really great twist halfway through the season, which brought the real people characters together with the actors who played them. So in many cases, we got to see some of the show's actors playing two characters, like Sarah Paulson 
Kathy Bates, Evan Peters, and Cuba Gooding Jr. And it all culminated with a really creative season finale that was kind of like watching four different TV shows all in the same hour. Each segment was a different show, whether it was a news magazine or uh, like a ghost-chasing kind of supernatural show. or And in the end, it was just... Uh, the actual show wrapping up American Horror Story, Roanoke. And Sarah Paulson even got to play a third character this season. They brought back her character from the Asylum season. All in all, it was a lot of fun. A bit shorter, too. They went with 10 episodes this time instead of the usual 12 or 13. So I think it was a good season. If you if you wrote it off, I think a lot of people were getting ready to write off American Horror Story, but don't write it off. Go back and watch it. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett... He's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.